season ended January 8th. You're taking retreats. You just spent four days in darkness. Come out with an answer. I mean, what you doing there? <laughs> Be a grown-up, make a decision. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Ended. They lost four to three to the Angels. They're three and three so far in spring training. Not good. Does not bode well for our chances at the Cactus Cup. Everyone it does not bode well at all. I was hoping this is going to be the year. Shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, I don't mean to overreact. Actually, I will overreact. It's my right to overreact. I like overreacting to spring training. I like overreacting to summer league. I hate it when I watch NBA Summer League and I have a great time and some player is cooking with gas and got to be that one wet blanket on Twitter or one wet blanket in the in the media. It's like, well, don't overreact to Summer League. Hey, buddy, it's July. I'll do what I want. Thank you very much. Don't gatekeep Summer League. Ke- Keegan Murray looks like the greatest basketball player to ever step on a court. What am I supposed to do? Just ignore that? Shut up. I'll overreact to Summer League if I want. I'll overreact to spring training if I want. Garrett Mitchell looks incredible. Sal Freelook looks incredible. These young guys look incredible. I'm not saying that it's Ricky Weeks, Corey Hart, Ryan Brown, Prince Fielder all over again. Maybe I should say it. Maybe someone should. That's kind of what it looks like. These guys are electric. I really like watching them. I'm having a good time. And that's really what spring training is all about. That and giving your all to try to win the Cactus Cup. That's all I ask for. <laughs> Probably not going to happen this year. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had a great day. I hope you're doing swell. We're going to talk a lot of Packers tonight. We're going to talk a little Bucks. They got a nice win in Brooklyn last night. Uh, now, Chris Middleton is not going to play tonight. It's the second day of a back-to-back, but it looks like Giannis and everybody else is in there. Chris Middleton's going to sit out back-to-back. NBA, rah, 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 rah. peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and load management, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, whatever. So we'll talk a little Bucks and their nice win last night. I think at some point we'll probably talk about the Brewers. If you have something to talk about with the Brewers, I'd love to talk Brewers. Give me a text or a call, 608-796-2558 if you want to be a part of the show. And I'm on Twitter, always, at Wisco Grant. You don't only have to tweet me during uh, the show from 4 to 6. You can tweet me absolutely anytime. You can find me uh, on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Get to the Bucks here in about a half hour. Uh, I also went to a concert last night. I went with my radio father, Evo, in Madison at the Sylvie. So you'll have a full review of that coming up at 4.50. I'm going to do one of my famous concert reviews. And by famous concert reviews, I mean this is my first one, I think, that I've ever <laughs> ever done on the radio. So I was in Madison last night, and I drove back to lacrosse this morning around 8. And I spent my whole car ride listening to the Aubrey Marcus podcast with special guest Aaron Rodgers. Remember, they did a podcast together, as we talked about last night, last August, right? And that was when we really got some of the storytelling and the details about Aaron Rodgers doing these plant medicine journeys, aka tripping balls in the jungle. Look, I I don't talk down to people who do drugs, right? I don't talk down to people who trip on, like, people who are really into psychedelics are like, well, we need to be intentional about our language, right? It's medicine. No, I I get it. It's great. Calling it drugs, drugs are cool. Some drugs, like, I, I don't think less of you. We don't need to gatekeep drug language here. 
right? But remember, they talked about plant medicine and going on journeys and and, and getting these, you know, life-altering experiences in the jungle and these great hikes and all sounds great. And they did that last fall. Well, they're back together. Podcast came out this morning, and I spent my entire two-hour car ride from Madison to La Crosse listening. That's a big investment for me because I love my music. I love my podcasts. And I love weekday morning sports radio. That's prime listening time, right? Now, prime listening time would be 4 to 6, but I host from 4 to 6, so I can't enjoy from 4 to 6. I can enjoy from 6 to 9 or 6 to 10 because that's really before I get into work and start working. Once I'm working on my own show or I'm sending emails or I'm typing, doing work things, I can't listen to someone talk because then I have my own inner dialogue, my work dialogue, and then someone else, I'm supposed to listen to someone else talk. So morning radio is it for me. That's my wheelhouse. That's when I listen. And this morning in my car, I had a two-hour window to drink coffee, relax, just chill out and listen to whatever. And I invested those two hours in the Aubrey Marcus podcast. There were some other things I, I would have liked to listen to a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. But I listened to it. And... When I started it, I thought, man, there are going to be some good comments in here. There's going to be good show content. We're going to hear directly from Rogers about this, that, and the other thing. He's going to speak about this. He's going to talk about this. He's going to address this. And I'm going to, when I get back to lacrosse, I'm going to cut the audio, and I'm going to play it on the show, and we're going to discuss it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great radio. The podcast was interesting. They made some good points. Rogers talked about returning and or retiring. I guess it was good. I wasn't expecting a formal announcement on the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Rogers saying, I am announcing today, right now, that I'm retiring. I'm coming back. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm not going to lie. I was expecting a little more than he gave us. He said that he had profound experiences and he had time to grapple with and wrestle with the idea of retirement, the idea of continuing to play football. Based on his comments... Relative to the comments I heard before the retreat, I, I don't, I don't know if it sounds like he's any closer. Right? He said, uh, "What was the quote? Uh, Soon enough, he'll make his decision." A lot of the podcasts is the two of them just talking about darkest retreats. It's like, "Oh, you did? How how did yours go?" Well, mine this happened. Mine had a chair, and I banged the hell out of my knee. And then Rogers like, "Oh, mine had a coat rack, and I hit my hip, and it's broken. I, I can't even walk." <laughs> It's not actually what it was, but in spirit, that's what they were doing, right? Talking about their darkness retreat experience is kind of the logistics of not banging your head on every single thing. How many wipes? How many wipes do you do? You can't see when you're done wiping. How are you supposed to know? Okay, just trying to drink my coffee. I didn't need the poop talk, but whatever, right? Most of the uh, the podcast is just those two talking about darkness retreats. And I, I feel like that's the thing that's happened because of podcasting. Like podcasts are great now. I love podcasts. But people used to do things and then just keep it to themselves. <laughs> like like people used to do drugs and then not talk about it on a podcast. And this is this is not just directed at Aubrey Marcus and Aaron Rodgers. It's like Joe Rogan does psychedelics and he's like, my life's work is to talk about them as much as possible. I feel like before podcasts people just did things. And they kept it to themselves. And I'm Really starting to wonder what life would have been like had I been alive in that time and done the show in that time. Now, the show gets posted as a podcast, so I'm very thankful for podcasts. But I think sometimes we create content and we create conversations. Because, well, we got to do the podcast. Well, do you? If you're always trying to find things to talk about in your podcast, maybe you don't need a podcast. Whatever. 
I'm off on a tangent here. I did save a couple of moments from this podcast to break down. And if you didn't listen, it gives you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of kind of what the conversation was like, where Aaron's headspace is, the delivery and the talking points in this. So I saved a couple and I figured we'll like pick through them throughout the show. I don't want to play you 10 sound bites in a row here. It's like when you have a football game on and you set out a bunch of food on the kitchen island and you come in the afternoon walking to and from the couch. I'm going to walk over and dip a couple of chips in the taco dip, go sit back down. I'm going to walk over, get a wing, drink a water, come sit back down. We're going to graze, right? We're going to graze on these clips. But I thought I'd play a couple of them to start the show, get the ball rolling. This is basically how the podcast started. Once they got through the poop jokes, uh, how did you brush your teeth? I feel like I could put toothpaste on a toothbrush in the pitch dark. Rogers said, by the way, he put the toothpaste in his mouth first. Clever problem solving. Once they got past the logistical kind of fun conversations of darkness retreats, they got into what was accomplished. And here's Aubrey Marcus kind of asking the first leading questions. Like, what did what did you see? What did you do? Walk us through your retreat. This is a pivotal decision point. You're going into the darkness. So open up how you started to think when when you turned yourself from your own inward gaze to heal what you needed to heal to get the kind of rest and that kind of parasympathetic drop and to really plumb deep and you turned your inner eye to football what started going through your head there's a lot of words there that was one way to ask that question um i came out of this podcast by the way liking aaron Rodgers more just because i think i was kind of annoyed by the other guy, by Aubrey Marcus. And I knew who he was. I listened to their podcast together last year, and I kind of know what he's about. I I don't know. Maybe we'll get into it. Maybe if you listen to the podcast, you want to talk about it. I don't need to rant about Aubrey Marcus. Here's Aaron Rodgers' answer. On the third day, I kind of woke up as usual, um, brushed my teeth in the real smart way. (laughs) Uh, You know, after eating some breakfast and then kind of getting into my meditation and, and... and long bath and and it kind of came to me like today you are going to experience your life uh in the present and in the near future and in the long-term future that you are retired so today you are retired what does that look like what does that feel like and i think there were a lot of uh you know amazing things that came through and and I had to work through a lot, too. Mm. So you're retired. We're picturing retirement. We're thinking about retirement. We're grappling and wrestling with retirement. It makes it sound like, all right, I'm at peace with that. I don't know if that was his way of saying, I think I should retire. I think that was his way of saying, if I decide to retire, I'm okay with it. There's, there's levels to this, ladies and gentlemen. Raise your brain to the level of Aubrey Marcus and Aaron Rodgers. We need to think on their plane. Rodgers continued about this. He said, well, I did come to peace with retirement, but... As the retreat went along, I started to think "Eh, some insecurities about what retirement would be and what it would mean for him at age 39, soon to be age 40. Not soon, but next season in December, he would be turning 40. But there were some deep insecurities that that came up in the darkness around what retirement uh, is. And and I really had to sit with those and then go to the root of what those are and trace those back to uh, childhood or chase those back to college or trace those back to early days in the NFL and, and work through those moments uh, that came up and, and the insecurities. And the beautiful thing was by the, you know, uh, probably by what seemed like you know, now looking back was probably early afternoon, you know, so after 
five or six hours of kind of going through that, I, I found a really nice sweetness and comfort in the reality that I was sitting with that day, which was retirement. Okay, so it sounds like at some point he was there. He saw it. He's like, this is retirement. It makes sense. This, that, the other thing. But he did have insecurities as well. The follow-up question, of course, was what were the insecurities? This is the part I was most interested in. Here's Roger's answer. I don't think that there was one the one specific thing. It was a combination of a lot of things. But it was everything from irrelevance to boredom to... If I think it's probably this, if if not anything, it's regret. Mm-hmm. It's uh, living a life and regretting making this decision, not knowing what could have been, what could have been. Um, so I will ease that specific insecurity, Mister Aaron Rodgers. You know, if you're worried about regret. And what could have been had had you in this hypothetical world continued to play? Let's say Rodgers does retire in a year or two. He feels regret because he's like, well, what would have happened? What could have happened if I played another year, which would be this upcoming year or the next year, which would be 2023, 2024, 2024, 2025. I, I don't know. I, I honestly I haven't kept track of years since it turned to 2020. I constantly need to remind myself it's 2023. Sometimes I think it's 21. Sometimes I think it's 22, whatever. In this world, in this hypothetical that Rogers has created for himself, he'd saying, well, I'd feel regret. If I would retire, I'd be thinking about what could have been, what might have been had I stayed playing. I, I wouldn't worry about that. Not to be this guy, but I, I think the time for championships, if he would if he would be thinking about that, I think the time for championships is, has come and gone. I think that window is closed. I think it's been closed since the playoffs last year when they lost to the Niners. Now, One thing I would regret and one thing that I would continue to stress over if I was Aaron Rodgers for the rest of my life, I would regret not being able to invent a time machine to go back and redo 2011 and 2014 uh, and 2015 against the Cardinals and uh, and 2020 and 2021. Sure, but that regret is here. I already feel that regret as a fan. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers already feel that regret. We don't need to retire to feel that regret. The regret is being felt. The regret is seven years ago, three years ago against the Bucks, two years ago against the Niners. The regret has been there, right? The failure has been there. I don't think Rogers' career will be defined by a, a lack of success in the year to come or maybe in the year after if he continues to play until he's 41, 42. The time for regret has come and gone. So, so I guess that's what I would tell Rogers. Uh, don't feel any new regret. Because the biggest regrets of your career are, are not the next two or three years or are not retiring or staying in the league. We, we've we, we've kind of sent the jury home on, on the Packers in the Aaron Rodgers era. Right? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't risk feeling too much regret about retiring if that's truly what you want to do. And it sounds like at one point, at least during his retreat, he was at peace with that decision. 608-796-2558. Uh, this text says... Oh, it's Eric from Eau Claire. It says, my biggest takeaway from that whole one hour and 40 minute podcast is that Aubrey Marcus is a potty mouth. Now, think of the kids. Isn't that terrible? I agree with you. I don't really remember anything too bad. You know, the usual words, maybe. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, I would be afraid to listen to Aubrey Marcus while driving or operating heavy machinery. Yeah, 
I'd probably listen to stupider podcasts while driving. Let's take a call before we take a break. 608-796-2558. Andy is in Altoona. What's going on, Andy? What's up? Andy? Andy, you there? Andy! Uh, Rick Hamilton here. Who are you looking for? Oh, Rick? Oh, sorry. I didn't recognize your number. I'm sorry about that, Rick. What's going well, you're on? calling for Andy, so I, no, so no, I no, kept no, quiet. That, that's my bad. Well, well done. That was good caller etiquette. That's 100% on me. What's going on, Rick? I'm sorry about that. Well, I, I just got done listening to that uh, hour and a half. Uh, I'm actually watching it while I was working on a, on a delayed broadcast, and you skipped the most and best part. Oh, what's that? The best part, right at the beginning when it was discussing, well, after they shut the door and got the candle going, and once you blew it out, getting his... Just one last look before you blew the candle out. And then how do we get the toothpaste on the brush? And yeah. how many times do we wipe in the bathroom? That was all the best stuff, and you didn't even talk about it. You think that was the best? Were we talking darkness retreats for the next few hours? See, here's what, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying yeah, to make anything remotely just, connected to football is what I'm trying to do. I understand, but I got a kick out of him describing the first 20 minutes was talking about the environment that he was in. Do blah, you blah, think blah. you could put I'll, toothpaste I'll, on a toothbrush in pitch blackness? I feel like I could. I feel like I, I feel like I could do it normally. Yeah. Well, you know how they did. He put the toothpaste in his mouth. Right in his mouth. Sure. I, I, I feel necessary. I feel like I could I feel like I could I get it on the brush in the dark. I'll try it when I get home. And last one, not to gross your audience off, but it was decided that two wipes, no matter... Good or bad, too white. Every movement is different, though, Rick. I don't think we can take a generic stance on how many wipes. I, that's just that's a tricky subject. I would hold it personally. Well, I won't talk I about do. that anymore. But I, I, I got the biggest kick. I thought the last hour was just a very intellectual conversation, and he's above us, and he's he's so you know tuned in, and he's he's different than the rest of us, and that's the feeling I got. And it's like, you know. As far as I'm concerned, move on. <laughs> yeah. Know. No, I, I know. He's definitely different, Rick. I appreciate the call. And you're right about the first part. Uh, it was maybe the funniest part. I just, I don't know. I got to try to keep it to sports a little bit. You know, the show goes off the rails, but I don't really, I don't really need to hear about how they wipe their butts in the pitch black. It's fine. You can go listen to it if you want. It's good. It's good. I saved a couple of clips that are kind of related to his decision to retire or not. And then some other clips. Um, one clip that I thought was really interesting about um, the last couple of years with McCarthy and then with LaFleur, something that I heard Matt LaFleur talk about right after the season, and Matt LaFleur didn't go into much detail, and then it kind of came up again with Rodgers in this podcast. So we'll get to that at some point tonight as well. I thought that was very fascinating, speaking big picture about the last couple of years with the Packers. Let's take a break. We'll come back in three minutes, continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you've had a great day. I'm glad that you're here. We're doing a little Aaron Rodgers. Checking out a little bit of the podcast he did with Aubrey Marcus. Don't need to dwell on it today. I do want to talk some bucks. And if there's anything you would like to discuss, more than happy to go there with you. 608-796-2558. If you want to text or call the show. Jeff in lacrosse. I saw you trying to call during the break. 
Got plenty of time to take your call if you call it. There you go, Jeff. There you are. Jeff and LaCrosse, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Jeff? Well, I I just have to, a comment. He's, he's brilliant because he's getting us to talk about him whether or not we want to. Yeah. And I can't, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of his whatsoever. Okay. I just assume, I, I just assume not even hear about this anymore and hear about actual football or or the, well, what is it, the combine going right now? I'd rather hear about that or trade rumors or something. It's just unbelievable to me. So well, what is it with your, your guy, Jalen Carter, one of the players who maybe go to the Bears, right? Because if the Bears don't want a quarterback, Maybe they trade down and they get Will Anderson, the edge rusher, or Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is getting booked as we speak. There was a warrant out for his arrest because he was driving recklessly and racing and involved in a crash that actually killed people, and that was the thing that happened today. That was insane, Jeff. Yeah, I saw parts of that, and actually when I get a chance after work tonight, I'm going to call my sister because my niece, was a Georgia cheerleader, and my sister probably knows more about it than you and I do. And this does not happen in Georgia. He runs a super squeaky clean program. Um, My niece was actually in a commercial with, I think his last name is Davis. He was drafted number one by the Eagles and played the Super Bowl. Jordan Davis, yeah. Jordan Davis, there you are. Uh, But I've... I will tell you, this shocked me, and I don't know much more about it. I've only heard bits of this, but it's unreal. Is unreal. He, is he off your draft board? Is there, uh, you have too many concerns? Well, in my, if I'm drafting, I don't want – the Bears would be crazy if if he's indeed guilty. They're, they're talking about others. They're talking about trading down. The, the dumbest rumor I've heard is trading Justin Fields. Please, God, don't let that happen. Well, if they trade Justin Fields, then you assume they're going to take a new quarterback, right? You don't want that? No, no, I like, I love Justin Fields. I love him. You don't want someone who can maybe pass the ball a little bit? I'm being facetious a little bit here. No, I, I get where you're coming from. I just Justin, I Justin Fields can throw the ball if you give him more than a second to do it. Sure, yeah. And you get some wide receiver. Like, I, I like Darnell Mooney. I don't think he can be a number one on a high-level offense, but, you know, they're building around him. I, right. I'm interested to see what he does this year with hopefully some better weapons, and a, a, an offensive line that's matured a little bit, totally. Chase Claypool is the, the wild card because I've heard such good things about him, but his, his attitude is what he thinks he's better than he really is, like a lot of a lot of players do. That's this generation. I was literally, who was I talking about with it? And I say that a lot sarcastically. I don't say it sarcastically in this instance. There are a lot of players that come into professional sports. We see in the NBA a lot, like Ben Simmons is a good example. They come in, they've, everything's always gone their way. They've never really had to fight for anything or work for anything. And then when things aren't really going their way, they cannot fathom that it's maybe their fault, right? It's like, well, maybe this is me. Maybe this is on me. Players these days really struggle with that, Jeff. And I think Chase Claypool maybe has a little bit of that going on. Yeah, and, and I love Mooney. If you read about Mooney, Mooney, try, Mooney is, is the modern-day Tom Waddle back in the day where he can he, he practices hard. He's not that big. I love, I, love the under, I love the overachieving type of player like that. I really, everything I've read about him, I like. He, he put a jugs gun in his house and he practices catching balls down at the bottom of the stairs when he's not at practice. I mean, how many players do that? something like that? 
I like that. I like Darnell Mooney. I like Cole Komet, but you need the the elite talent with them, right? Like, you can't have an offensive role players. Right. And I think at this point, at least that's what Mooney and Komet are. The Packers have tried to do that. It's like, well, what if we just have Lazard and Cobb, and we like all these guys, but none of them are, are great, right? Right. Well, I I still think you you need to put a little more emphasis on your running game to open up your passing game, but we could we could agree to disagree on that because a lot of people think I'm back in the 90s in my football thoughts. Well, you're a Bears fan. You should be. That's how you should be wired. You should be wired cold, play defense, run the ball, kick some ass. That's that's what I love about you, Jeff. That's what I love about your calls and your takes. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate the call. I'm sure we'll talk more in the draft. Yeah, yeah, what's up? One little thing about the Brewers, if they get any hitting at all this year, the division is there for the taking for anybody, really. There's, if you look at it, there's not a perfect team in this division. And I appreciate you, Jeff. And I, I like talking baseball. So I'm glad you brought it up. The Cubs have something going on there. I don't think they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the Brewers are a great team. I don't think the Cardinals are a great team. I think there's interesting traits to the Brewers and the Cardinals. And I, I something about the Cubs. There's something to be said for a team that accidentally finds a little success a year or two before they're supposed to find success. Those teams can be really dangerous. That's kind of what I, I thought the Brewers did in 2018. It snuck up on them, and all of a sudden, this team's playing with all the confidence in the world, right? And a team that really wasn't supposed to amount to much is a game away from the World Series. And watch the Cubs. You know, they, they get a couple outlier seasons from a couple of their players, and, and they get a good energy, and the fan base is reinvigorated. I I don't know, not to be Mr. Chicago here, but I don't know. That team piques my interest, to say the very least. I'm, I'm interested by the Cubs. I just think there's some interesting pieces there, some interesting ingredients. Now, Jeff says he doesn't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers anymore. And Jeff, you know what? Especially because you're a Bears fan, I don't blame you. I get where you're coming from. However, there is a reason that we talk about Aaron Rodgers, and there's a reason why we talk about these big quarterbacks and whether or not they might be available. It was the same with Russell Wilson. It was the same with Brady when we were speculating last offseason and this offseason. And it's the same with Rodgers. And it's not just because it makes for good drama. It's deeper than that. I, I want to explain why we discuss Aaron Rodgers and why it's important, you know, beyond just talking about darkness retreats. We'll talk about it next. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. Going to talk Bucks at some point between now and six o'clock. I don't know when, but we'll get there. It'll happen. Some things to say about a really nice win over the Brooklyn Nets last night. I went to a concert last night with my radio father, Evo, from our Madison affiliate, The Zone. He hosts Over the Line every morning. Concert review coming up at like 4.50, somewhere in there. I'll give you my well-thought-out thoughts, prepared comments and everything. I'm going to wait. But I'll give you a concert review in a couple of minutes. We're talking Packers. I played a couple of those Rodgers cuts from Aubrey Marcus podcast. A couple of texts here. Uh, let's see. Mike and Chip will falls. Not an Aubrey Marcus guy. I get it. This text says, if the Packers are considering trading Rodgers, can they be proactive and entertain offers and have something set up? 
or do they have to sit on their hands until he makes a decision? Tell them that if you decide you are coming back, we're going to trade you to blank, put themselves in the driver's seat. I don't know. Maybe they could be a little bit proactive. I also don't think Rodgers likes being left out of things. A couple weeks ago, he said, well, I hear there are conversations going on without me. Interesting. It's like, well, it's your offseason, man. You want to get away from football. Isn't that the point? So I think the Packers do need to wait for Rodgers' decision, and I think they need to work together on a trade. Because Rodgers could just always say, ah, I don't want to go there. I'm going to retire. You're going to trade me to Carolina? No. I'm, I'm going to retire. So I think it is a, a team effort. And the availability of Rodgers or the possible availability of Aaron Rodgers via a trade is a big deal. And his decision to come back or to retire or to ask for a trade, it's a big decision. And it's not just talk fodder on sports talk radio. And Jeff was complaining before he took the last break. He's like, I'm, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm done. This is dumb. I get it. Stephen A. Smith said the same thing today. I thought this was funny. We cover sports. We have yeah. to talk about them. We can't tune out one of the best quarterbacks who ever played the game. Yeah. But my God, I <laughs> wish we could. I'm so sick and tired of talking about everything about Aaron Rodgers but winning. One of the great, I, I'm on a record. Yeah. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, and that's only because of recently. Outside of Patrick Mahomes. The greatest talent from the quarterback position I've ever seen in my life. And a guy that I like personally. Yeah. But I am so sick and tired. I would be embarrassed if folks are talking about me this much when I haven't won. A little dramatic, but funny. Right? He's an entertainer. Supposed to be entertaining. I get it. Rodgers has definitely changed his approach to football a little bit. He's very sentimental, uh, very reflective. I think he's very aware that his time in the NFL is wrapping up, if not this year, maybe next year, maybe the year after. And he's soaking it all in and cherishing these memories. And I, it's almost like he's doing a retirement tour. It's like, well, I kind of want to beat the Lions. <laughs> maybe reflect a little bit, you know, once the games are done. But I get it. Live in the moment or whatever. I, I get it to a degree. It seems like he's changed as a player and his focuses have changed just a little bit. I get why folks are annoyed. I get why Jeff says, I don't want to talk about this. I get why Stephen A says, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You know, darkness retreats and poncha karma, this, that, and the other thing. But the NFL and many NFL teams have actual football stock in this decision and in this order of events and whether or not Rodgers wants to come back or whether he's available. The NFL at large and a lot of NFL teams are involved in this, and they're paying attention because it matters. Not just for sports talk radio and sports TV. It matters in the fabric of the league and the way that many NFL teams will operate and approach the next couple of weeks around free agency and around the draft. Think of last offseason. Who were we waiting on? What was the trade we were waiting on? It was Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson had legal trouble. And we can leave it at that. But he had an active trade request. He was looking for a trade long before that ever happened. Like, uh, Deshaun Watson was trying to get out of Houston. At some point, they were probably going to end up shopping him. And the rest of the NFL was waiting. Right? And there were a lot of teams in on those conversations. One was the Browns. They eventually got him. Right? And when they did, Baker Mayfield said, screw this. I'm out of here. I want to trade. And he moves on to Carolina. Right? That shakes up the quarterback rankings and the quarterback ecosystem of the NFL. The Falcons were in on him, which made Matt Ryan think, well, screw this. I'm out of here. And he goes to the Colts. 
right? And the Colts jettison Carson Wentz. Then Russell Wilson gets traded, and the commanders, who've needed a quarterback, can't get a quarterback. They miss out on Russell Wilson. They're not able to put an offer in for Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't available. He misses, misses out on Deshaun Watson. So they up their offer for Carson Wentz. They said, well, we don't have any better options. We got to go get Carson Wentz, right? So the Deshaun Watson saga playing out and concluding last offseason sent Baker to Carolina, sent obviously Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, but then Matt Ryan leaves Atlanta. Carson Wentz leaves Indy, right? The commanders go nuts and trade a lot more than they need to, than they should for Carson Wentz. The dominoes start to fall. And this is something Tom Pelissero, if you're listening to Dan Patrick earlier today, he talked about this really well. This Aaron Rodgers drama is not just drama. There's actual football decisions that are being held up. Derek Carr is available right now. He has suitors. But his suitors are also thinking, well, we could sign you now or we could just wait like probably all of the other teams are going to do and see what else comes available. Maybe Aaron Rodgers hits the market. And then at that point, we wouldn't be so excited about Derek Carr, right? The dominoes are waiting to fall to a degree. There's not as many dominoes this offseason as there were last year. Like, we're not going to see Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield all be on different teams. Last offseason was a bit of an outlier like that. But last offseason was a great example of one big thing needing to happen before a bunch of other dominoes fall over. So the destiny of... Multiple NFL teams could change or could stay the same based on what Aaron Rodgers does, based on what the Packers do. I was just scrolling Twitter over this last break. Jeff Darlington's on ESPN again, uh, reporting on NFL Live that he feels the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are destined for a breakup. What does Jeff Darlington do? Does he just appear this time of year to talk about like quarterbacks that may or may not get traded? So I can't play this off the computer, but I want to play it. Let me play it on my phone. And I'll put it up to the mic. We can hear this together for the first time. I'm assuming he doesn't swear, you know, given it's <laughs> given it's ESPN. So here, I'm going to play this. You have to contrast what Aaron Rodgers is saying against what Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, said yesterday from Indianapolis. And the, the tone here is such from Aaron Rodgers that he's going to take his time. He's going to take whatever time he feels he needs. And this feels very personal to him. The tone, though, from the Packers organization feels as such... Uh, both privately and publicly, by the way, that they're not going to kiss the ring of Aaron Rodgers anymore to the point where they plead with him that we need you back. We have to have you back. Quite the contrary. Ryan Gutekunst instead stood up there and said, Jordan Love is ready to be a starter in the NFL, and we would love to see him as a starter in the NFL. In fact, when he was asked, point blank, do you want Aaron Rodgers to be your starting quarterback? He said, we'll have to have those discussions with Aaron Rodgers and see if he's the right fit. If Rodgers on the other side of this is saying things like, you know, I'll take my time. I got to do what I got to do. It feels like we are destined for a breakup. It's inevitable. Things can change. But right now, certainly feels like that's the direction we're going. So, you know, I do a Wisconsin sports talk show every day. So if there's new Rodgers developments, we talk about them, we react to them. I feel like these breakout clips, Jeff Darlington says, oh, this this is what's happening. I feel like he just summed up things that have happened. That was nothing new. There's nothing new there. I feel like a total boob for playing that. I got my phone out to play that because I thought he was going to say something interesting. There's nothing new. Never anything new. It's very obnoxious. Mike in Colorado says, Grant, 
despite all his successes and millions and travels, it seems to me that Aaron Rodgers feels he is missing something in his life and he's looking for what it is. Maybe if he'd stop searching so hard, he would look in, uh, he would see that he's no different other than his football skills than anyone else. And he should stop trying to be. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Rogers talked about in this podcast, and I did not save this clip. I could have saved 30, 40 different things to play on the show. I tried to keep them, for the most part, football-related clips. He talked about how he used to resist being a football player. He didn't want to to be thought of as a football player. He didn't want to be pigeonholed and put in the football player box because he's more than a football player, right? Of course, all football players are more than a football player. He's not unique there. But he said recently he's embraced being a football player. He's like, all of my best friends have come from this game. This game brings me so much joy and love, and I, I, I love it. So it is interesting to hear Rodgers, at least in this interview, in this podcast, talk about how I used to want to be more than just a football player, but now I he's in the football. So maybe, Mike, I, I don't know. Are you saying a watch boils, and as soon as Aaron Rodgers is looking for whatever he's missing, he'll find it? By reading between the lines of your message, I don't mind that. Just live your life. You got a lot of money, travel, go cool places, meet cool people. Things fall into place. You don't need to overthink this human life thing too much. That's uh, just my two cents. Mr. Philosopher guy over here took a class in college, whatever. No big deal. Yep. <laughs> 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Concert review. Was it the Sylvie last night? We got to talk about it next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Here to talk some bucks in the second hour of the show some point whenever we get there maybe a little baseball as well brewers lost to the angels today i can feel the cactus cup slipping through my team's fingers it's just brutal it's terrible 608-796-2558 twitter at wisco grant if you want to be a part of the show that way as well we get off the rogers talk for a couple minutes i have a concert review to give i went to a concert at the sylvie last night uh my radio father ebo was kind enough to put me up for a night to drive me to the show, to even get my ticket. This guy went all out last night, and I appreciate him. And he he did so all while getting up at 4 a.m. to go work a morning show today. So, first of all, let's have a round of applause for my radio dad, our radio dad, uh, Ebo, who hosts 6 to 10 every morning over the line on The Zone and some of these affiliates as well. He's on Twitter, at Ebo Says. So first and foremost, Ebo made it happen. Had never been to the Sylvie before. We'll definitely go back. I have tickets to a show in April. I got them as a gift. I'm very excited. I'd never been there before. I couldn't believe how small it was. You're right on top of it. You're right there. So 10 out of 10 venue. Very excited to go again. It's right in the thick of things. Like you walk up to it and you don't even realize you're right there. Super slick. We saw Bob Weir and the Wolf Bros. Bob Weir is one of the front men of the Grateful Dead. Well, one of them that's left. Phil Lesh does his own thing now. He played bass. Jerry Garcia passed away in 95, right? And then Bob Weir is not the other one that's disrespectful, right? But he is the third front man, right? And he plays with Den Cohen. He does his own thing with the Wolf Bros. So Don Wass, Barry Sless, steel guitar, Jeff Chimeni, who plays keys with Den Co. And, you know, some other band outfits as well. It's a very fun show. I'm looking at the set list right now. Hell in a Bucket opener. Great. 
Did not expect it. I love when an opener catches me off guard. That's the best. I think we can all agree that uh, a, a catch you off guard opener is the best. Very much enjoyed Hell in a Bucket. They played greatest story ever told. Number two, I have no qualms with Bob Weir or, or anything about the show. It's just not a great song. I don't enjoy it. It feels kind of cartoonish. They sing about a left-handed monkey wrench, and that's fun that we can all sing that line together. Otherwise, a very mid-song that I could, for the most part, skip. Mexicali Blues, third overall, playing a polka in Madison, Wisconsin. Very smart, 10 out of 10 decision, and it was very good. They had the horns on stage. That was really good. Peggy-O number four. Now, we have labored over the song Peggy-O on this show, and I would just like to put on blast our friend Justin Jackstraw Garcia from the Bucks Radio Network because he was a Peggy-O denier for a long time, and he finally started to embrace Peggy-O. It's actually one of the few times, I think it's the only time in my life that Justin has told me, you were right, right? Justin, well, Justin is right about most things. He knows more about the Bucks by a million times than I do. But in that moment, he did come around on Peggy Owen. was like, you were right. It's a great song. Yes, thank you. I actually had a listener turn me on to that song. If he's listening right now, he knows who it is. He tweeted the link at me a long time ago. Great song. Slower, acoustic, perfect for a 75-year-old Bob Weir. Catfish John was number five, which they killed. The problem was, I think someone passed out down in the pit. And Ebo and I spent most of that song watching first responders make their way through the mass to carry this guy out. It was very stressful. I couldn't look away. I couldn't tell you how long it took. It could have took 30 seconds. It could have took 30 minutes. However long the song Catfish John took, that's how long it took them to get out of there. Lazy River Road, Schoolgirl, Hound Dog, Schoolgirl, Closer. I had never heard the song Lazy River Road before. So look at that. I learned something. Schoolgirl and Hound Dog or whatever. 913 to 918 was the length of the first set. Did not come back on stage until 9.58. There there were murmurs in the crowd that that break was quite the liberty taken by that break. I'll just say that. It's a school night. It's Tuesday. You take your set break at 9.18. They came back out at 9.58. That's a bit much. I just got to say. That's yeah, a little bit much. Set to me and my uncle opener. Quintessential Bob Weir song. I very much enjoyed it. I used to hate that song. I've come around to it. Uh, speaking of things I've come around to, Justin came around to Peggy. Oh, I've come around to me and my uncle. It was awesome. The steel guitar player ripped it apart. They then played Dark Star. Here is my qualm with a Dark Star played by a band that does not have a lead guitarist. Well, that is my qualm. It's played by a band without a lead guitarist. I thought it was Warfrat. Turns out it was Dark Star with teases of milestones, more Dark Star. It was a jam. It was a long jam. And I'm a, I'm a patient man. It was a long Dark Star. Dark Star without any lead guitar is a little tough. They came out of Dark Star into Estimated Profit. Fantastic. I loved it. We got some horn solos. I wish they would let the steel guitar rip on that. It was too bad. They go Karina into Franklin's Tower. I love Franklin's Tower. It was probably my first favorite dead song. It still has a very special place in my heart. Oh, it was slow. It, it, it was slow. And Franklin's Tower, you just need a lead guitar to get in there and tear it up. And they just didn't have it. It's fine. Still fun to sing Roll Away. Everyone loves that. Terrapin Station closed. We left as Terrapin Station was winding down. And I told Ebo, you got to get up early in the morning. Let's go. Let's beat the rush. In the back of my mind, I thought, watch, the encore song is going to be something so out of left field, something so niche, something so unique. I'm going to miss it. And I'm going to feel bad about it. And then my other half of the brain is like, you're a total knob. 
because it's going to be touch of gray and you're going to end up at this venue a half hour longer than you need to be with someone who needs to get up early all for touch of gray and you're going to waste your time. I woke up this morning and I checked the set list on Instagram and it was touch of gray. So a professional move, a professional decision to leave at the end of Terrapin by Ebo and myself. I will say it worked out very well. Favorite song of the night? Probably Peggy O. A close second was Mexicali Blues. Song that caught me off guard being awesome, didn't expect. Probably Hell in a Bucket. That was pretty dope. Uh, me and my uncle was also excellent. Could have done without... Hmm, I don't want to say Dark Star because Dark Star is awesome, but... No, what am I kidding? I need the Dark Star in there. Sylvie was good. I'd say all in all, a, a 7 out of 10 concert, which is pretty tremendous. Given I drove two hours... I drove back to lacrosse this morning. It was a big production. Make it work. Ebo made it work. I appreciate him. Eh, seven out of ten. Very, very good. Sound was cool. The drums weren't overwhelming. I didn't have a headache last night. I also kind of like my ears to be bashed into the concert, though, for being honest. Who doesn't love that? Don't you love just being... It's supposed to hurt a little, right? Like, you should be like, wow, so loud. Am I the only one who feels that way? It was nice. I could talk with Ebo through a lot of it, and they had delicious ice-cold PBRs. Just on deck whenever we needed them. Great venue. Great beer selection. Uh, 10 out of 10. We'll go again. I'd say the show's a 7 out of 10. Maybe a 7.2 out of 10. Crowd is great. Fans were really good. It was uh, it was the crowd I expected. And a little bit of a shakedown, as Evo, I think, talked about on his show this morning. I almost bought some stickers. I didn't. I almost did, though. I almost did. T-shirt a little much, but um, I'll... Jeremy and Scotty just tweets in. He says, my God, this show sounds interminable. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm going to Google it, and we'll put a cap on this concert review when we come back in three minutes. You would have liked it. Uh, they're just, you know, 75-year-old man leading a jam band without a lead guitarist. There's some structural constraints put on that situation. That's all I'm saying. 7.2 out of 10. I feel like that's fair. Let's take a two-minute break. We'll come back. A little more on the Packers. Get into the Bucks as well. Hour two next. taking retreats you just spent four days in darkness come out with an answer i mean what you doing there <laughs> be a grown-up make a decision this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills said something slightly controversial. Eh, controversial is not the right word. Maybe a little contentious. I just think that if I go to a show, especially an indoor show or a rock show, like I expect to get my ears smashed just a little. Yeah, they're going to be ringing. Is it good for me? No, I'm aware. But I, I just, I want to be blasted a little bit. Hit me. Hit me. Just a little bit. And the show we went to last night, Mix was a little different. I wouldn't say bad, but just, I guess not what I expected. David tweets in, he says, absolutely should get your ears smashed at a show, to a point. Yeah, I will be interested to go back. I'm going back to the Sylvie in April. We're going to see Goose. I'm really excited. And we'll see if there's ear blasting to be had at that show. Because it's the first time I've ever been to a show there. Maybe it's where I was sitting. Maybe it was the band. Maybe it's the venue. I don't know. I have no control. I have no reference. Yeah, uh, what did I say? 7.2 out of 10? 7.2 out of 10 for... Bob Weir and his Wolf Bros last night at the Sylvie. 
pretty cool show. The break was very long in the middle, and I think I think that wore on people a little bit. Like they needed to come out about 15 minutes earlier than they did. They were. I'm looking at the stylist right now. They went on break at 9:18 and they came back at 9:58. What are you doing back there? What are you, are you taking a nap? What are, you, what are you doing? Eat a snack. Smoke a cig. Get get some water. Come back out. When I play, and this is not even close to the same. When I play shows, we go on break. It's like, man, 10 minutes tops. Let's go get a beer. Let's make the round, say hi. But you don't want to give people a chance to leave. You don't want to give people a chance to check out. That's that's like a 50, 45-minute break. That's a long break, especially on a school night. It was a Tuesday. Yeah, 7.2 out of 10 is what we're ranking that show. I'm going to give good rankings. It's pretty hard for me to not have a great time at a concert. Like anything below a six would be absolutely putrid. Just to give you an idea of the scale. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having a fantastic night. We still have uh, one full hour of wet, wild Wisconsin sports fun. I still have some more Aaron Rodgers clips in the tank if we need to go there. I'm not afraid to go there. He did make one specific comment that I want to very directly relate to football because it builds on something that Matt LaFleur said weeks ago. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember that. I remember that. I had that circled. Let's, let's circle back to that. So I'll play you that clip here in a couple of minutes. 608-796-2558. Mike is in Chippewa Falls. What's going on, Mike? Welcome. Hey, Grant. How are you? I'm swell. I will say, uh, for all my nitpicking of the show last night, which is very little, I had a great time. Not as tired as I thought I would be today. Pretty impressed with myself. I was, I was productive as hell today, Mike. I'm not going to lie. You're, you're 24. Wait till you get to be my age. I'm 25, actually. 20, 25. 25. But, oh. but I agree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, uh, when I talk about loud concerts, I saw Black Sabbath in 1976 at the San Diego Sports Arena when I was in the Navy. Yeah, how loud was that? And it was so loud. What's that? I was going to say, and how loud was that? I bet that was loud. It was so loud I couldn't hear. I couldn't even hear until the next day, and I couldn't hear normally till late the next night. Um, but there was people, the thing about that, it was 76. People were, the pot smoke was so thick in there. I mean, I had never smoked pot, but I got high. And then uh, people were bringing babies in there on baby carriers and stuff. Yeah. Because that is just cool. So, so I went to Billy Strings last summer, and there were people, we were on the lawn, and there were adults who brought their young kids in, like, little backpack carriers or had them over the shoulders. Yep. I'm not anti-kids. Don't get me wrong. It's just, like, there are things going on very close to where your kids are that, like, maybe kids yep. shouldn't be a part of. Don't make everyone around you feel bad about life. Like, if someone's outside at a show and it's an adult show and someone wants to light up a joint, don't make them feel like the villain for doing it in front of your kids. You brought your kids to a jam band show, you know? Yeah. And they could be swearing, too. And, you know, the kids, little kids don't need to see that. No. But you were, you were talking about how they took a 40-minute break. Yeah. Um, I saw a concert in Oakland Coliseum in 1977. It was uh, supposed to be Rick Derringer and Led Zeppelin. Okay. There was a surprise opening act. It was uh, the guy come out and says, "We'd like you to welcome Judas Priest." And about fifty thousand people went, "Who?" <laughs> we never heard of him. But uh, Led Zeppelin was two hours late. Yeah, and back in the, the day, theater, and they were stoned and wasted. You couldn't. They couldn't sing. They couldn't play. They sat on the edge of the stage and played acoustic for about an hour. And my friend and I just left to say, "Oh, it's the worst uh, concert in my life." So I two hour wait. I mean, there's. Yeah, <laughs> they used to play into the wee hours of the night, Mike. Like you go back and like some of the early Dead shows, they're playing till three in the morning. They don't start till eleven oh, yeah. midnight. You have a, no one is ever in a rush back then. I mean, even 
like fish shows, like Big Cypress in 2000. They played till 6 a.m. Like we don't we don't do that anymore. Band band plays 45 minutes. They got to take a 55 minute break. What's happening to this? Yeah. Band? I would say Grateful Dead fans. Most of them didn't have to get up and go to work the next day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> probably a good point. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so mean when I talk about the Grateful Dead. No, 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 <laughs> I, just, no, no, no. I just pick on you. I'm glad that you enjoyed them. I really am. No, it was a, it was a fun <laughs> little night. The crowd was good, and yeah, I, I don't need to like completely lose my hearing, but I want to, you know, knock me back just so make me feel something. You know, I don't need Black yeah. Sabbath. I don't need my eardrums to go away for a couple of days. But. <laughs> Oh, you want to hear something funny? That Black Sabbath concert. I would love to. You know who the opening act? The opening act. Who? You know, guess who it was? Who? Bob Seger. Oh, really? What did you? What did that crowd think of Bob Seger? Bob Seger can he can kick it a little bit. The early it, Bob Seger in concert. In concert, they jammed hard, and they they got more uh, encores than Black Sabbath did. And then I took my wife to see him the same place a year later, and she loved it. I loved it. They, he's he puts on a hell of a concert. He's a he, I mean, he doesn't play any soft stuff. He just goes. So, I'm yeah. But I enjoyed your I enjoyed your uh, concert review. So, well, the next concert I go to, I, I will do a review. I'll try to think of a couple Good. of unique things to say about every guy. Eh, it's kind of fun. It's better than talking about wiping butts and pitch black and darkness retreats. <laughs> I mean, maybe for some, maybe not for all, but it's your for some. show. Yes, yeah, it's your show. You can talk about whatever you want. Thanks, Mike. Do you have a Packers thing? Do you have a Rogers take before I let you go? Yeah, I've been watching the NFL since 1968. I have seen every great quarterback in the history of the NFL play almost. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented guy I've ever seen. But he is the most exhausting. I am so tired. Just, Don't, just tired. Well, let me ask you. You have plenty of experience. Don't all aging quarterbacks do that? Don't all of the aging quarterbacks waffle about retirement to some degree? Like It's just something they all do. Oh, God, yes. Remember Joe Montana ended up on the Chiefs uh, Joe Namath ended up on the Rams. John Hadle ended up on the Packers. Yeah, they don't know when to quit. Yeah. I, I guess Rodgers is just – we have social media today. We have podcasts today, which wasn't the case when Favre was around and, and other quarterbacks. Right. But they all they all struggle with this. It's a big decision for all quarterbacks. It's Rodgers just finding a way to, you know, do it uniquely like only he can do it, which I guess shouldn't surprise us. You know, football's been part of their life since they're eight years old. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to put that down. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Rogers basically talked about in this <laughs> podcast. We'll hear a little bit more from Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, Mike, for the concert stories. Thank that. you. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's our friend. Bye-bye. Mike in Eau Claire, 608-796-2558. Yeah, Bob Seger, you know, people, they hear night moves. And they're like, oh, that's nice. Nice little strummer. Here, turn the page. Ooh, very introspective. Bob Seger could, he could throw it back a little bit. He could whip it. He's a rocker. You know, come out of Detroit without a little, without a little rasp. Thank you for that, Mike. That was fun. 608-796-2558. Like I said, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Rogers discussed some of the insecurities he felt about potentially retiring. This is him describing his uh, darkness retreat, I guess, experience. I don't think that there was one the one specific thing. It was a combination of a lot of things. But it was everything from irrelevance to boredom to... if I think... It's probably this, if if not anything. It's regret. Mm-hmm. It's uh, living a life and regretting making this decision. Not knowing what could have been. What could have been. Um, I think about what could have been in 2014. I hate to be that guy that always brings up 2014, but God, that was a wasted opportunity. 2021 against the Bucks. 
bring a 2022 winter of 2022 against the Niners. Those are years I think about. When Rodgers retires, whether it's next year or the year after, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about whatever comes next with Rodgers. I'm not going to be thinking about that. I'm only going to be thinking about some of those seasons that you know we think about 2011, 2014, 2021. We're about to go to the phones. It's about to get to Big Mike, who has given us a call. Maybe he had somewhere to go. 608-796-2558. Call back, Mike, if you got a sec. Rodgers did say, however, he feels confident in where he left his darkness retreat and what he got out of it. I finished those two days with deep love and admiration and blessings in, in a, uh, a retired life um, of fulfilling, you know, all the needs that I have and spending time with the people that I love and having no regrets about the game. And then also a reality of going back and playing, but not playing to out of spite, uh, to, to prove something to someone for the money, but playing because I fell in love with this game when I was six years old and it makes my life better. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy when I'm with my guys and I'm happy when I'm with my people out there battling, working out during the week, practicing, traveling, playing cards, spending time with with those people and trying to pass on any of the wisdom that I got. Remember a couple of years ago when that team was bounced out of the NCAA tournament and the post-game table, they asked him, like, what are you going to miss most? And he's crying. And he's like, honestly, just going out to eat. <laughs> remember, remember that? I think there's a part of that, too, to walking away from a sport. It's like you don't get to hang out with the fellas all day every day. You don't get to crush meals at a steakhouse with your offensive lineman. You don't get to fly to cool places, play cards on the plane. It's a, it's a fun gig. Obviously, the competition and, you know, a chance to compete for championships, but walking away from the fellas, chance to go out to eat. Let's talk to David. 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Hello, I just want to echo the comments of your caller from Eau Claire. I don't know his name. Okay. But, you know, what he said about the pleasure and thrill of just watching the guy who probably was the greatest quarterback in terms of skills of all time, it's still amazing. And, you know, we'll see if other quarterbacks can do some of the things that he does, like, you know, catch the 12 men on the field or pull guys offside. And, I mean, they, other quarterbacks do some of it, but he he certainly did more of it. I, I, I won't forget a really incredible statistic where he was successful on three out of seven Hail Mary passes. Yeah. You know, a Hail Mary succeeds, what, you know, five percent of the time, one out of twenty, something like that. And he had, he was three out of seven. But also the ability to avoid interceptions, avoid turnovers, there are just so many aspects of his game. And yeah, he's not doesn't have the speed that he used to because he used to be a threat there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and watching the kid from Kansas City, Kansas City is Rogers two point in a lot of ways, very much like Rodgers. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be sad to see him go. Yeah. But, 
But you know, uh, you know how I feel about this. It's time. You think so? I do. I think it's I time. And th- by the way, th- something that people just haven't mentioned, but because they've talked about Gutekunst saying, you know, we'll see what kind of a fit it is, and that there would have to be some some agreements, some adjustments, and people talk about Rogers having to come to more of the OTAs, stuff like that. Yeah. But one of the things that, that I heard said that doesn't get mentioned is that he would have to restructure his contract. Now, that doesn't mean that he'll get less money, but it shows that Gutekunst is thinking about getting some cap relief to keep this team competitive this year. Uh, that's what I heard. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. sure I heard on the first reports that there was a notion of a, a restructure of the contract. I had always hoped, two, three, four years ago, I had always hoped that Rodgers would actually consider a discount to the Packers what Brady did in order to sign some really good players, have better players around him, and give himself a better chance for the Super Bowl. And as smart as Rodgers is, he apparently never bought into that. He always has gone for really every last dollar. It's his right. I understand it. I'm not not even trying to... Rodgers makes a ton of money, not just with his contracts, but with his off-the-field stuff. Rodgers makes a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm not trying to criticize him for it. It was just, I guess I'd say it was a hope and a prayer for a Packer fan to just get us over the top. Sure. You know, you bring up the Bucks game, the playoff game against the Bucks, and I've said this before to you, the loss of Bakhtiari, sure. I believe, cost us two shots at the Super Bowl. The year where we played the Bucks, he was injured just before that game. And then the following year against the 49ers, where his presence could easily have made the sure. difference in both of those yeah. games. And, and I also watch, I like, I watch look, a lot of teams win championships when they're missing a player. Like the Packers in 2010 were without Finley. They were without Ryan Grant. They were missing a million guys. Sure. Like, I, I'm, I agree with you sure. totally, but I will not let the Packers obituary for the last 10 years be like, well, one guy got hurt. And he stayed hurt another year. It's like, no, I, no, that's that's not enough for me. He was one guy. Well, okay, but I mean, the Seattle game <laughs> makes me cry. You know, it I know what year that it was. It should make you sick. It should make every Packers fan but, sick. But it's that is a non Rogers, and I I can't put the game against Tampa Bay Bucks or the game against Forty ers I can't put those things on Rogers, and I think. Lots of people, including the guy who runs this show, Whoa. puts more on Rodgers. Well, I mean, he doesn't make all the money. He's in charge of the offense. He touches the ball every play. I No, I 100% agree, David. I, I get that it's not just Rodgers. I think for a long time, uh, uh, me and other Packers fans says it was none of Rodgers. It was never Rodgers. And then I think maybe for a year or two, we're like, well, every year is his fault. And now I think we're landing on some some solid middle ground with Rodgers now that we've calmed down just a little bit after all the drama and just all the craziness of the last couple of years. I think we're in a pretty good place with how we perceive Rodgers, his blame for certain losses, and then the Packers and their culpability for, for some of the team shortcomings as well. I just want to say that I enjoyed your concert review, even <laughs> though I'm not a music and concert guy, and I only wonder what it would mean if I could convince you 
to also become a movie guy. I'm getting closer. I watched, uh, so I watched Goodwill Hunting for the first time a couple of weeks ago, which I, I kind of realized is it's very good. I watched a movie two yeah. weeks ago with my girlfriend. She wanted to watch Peanut Butter Falcon. She'd seen it before. It's one of her favorite movies. Very good. So I've, I've, I've got two pelts on my wall the last couple of weeks. Maybe I'll keep it up. Maybe I'll try. Godfather maybe well, on the list this let's, weekend. Let's get, you, let's get you to the Godfather. Really, that's, I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised. Okay, here, here's, here's what I'll do. I will watch it this weekend. Can we make a, a verbal oh, handshake over the phone that I will watch it this weekend? Oh, tonight? I can't wait. <laughs> That's I can't wait. I got a lot of free time this then weekend. I won't, I won't worry about your sleeping with the fishes. Good. And I Well, I live very close to the river. A lot of drunk kids wander down there. It, it has been known to happen. I will okay. not end up doing that. All right. Well, I'll be excited to hear your review next week. Yeah. Thanks, David. Appreciate you. Okay. Oh, Take that's care. our friend, Good David. Man. Always keeping everyone honest about Aaron Rodgers. If we start to criticize too much, eh? Look out. Watch out. David's always listening. Let's talk to FedEx Fred real quick before we take a break. 608-796-2558. FedEx Fred, what's up? Okay. Well, three things. Number one, mm-hmm. the books are awesome right now. Yo. Uber pumped about them. Oh. I like how the team's playing. They're, they're slaying it. Yeah, they're awesome. They're going to beat the Magic tonight, too. Chris Middleton isn't playing. I bet it'll be a fun game. The Magic are kind of fun and spunky and young and interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, number two, to your, your last caller was saying he didn't blame Rodgers for the Tampa Bay game or the 49ers game in the playoffs. I'm sorry, but it falls on your quarterback. He's the leader of your team. He's supposed to be the, the guy. Win or lose, it always falls on your quarterback. Jay Cutler got, no pun intended, he got smoked all the time when the Bears lost. Yeah. Even though it, some of those weren't his fault. It just comes with the ter- territory of being a quarterback. Yeah. And then number three, if, if Green Bay does get rid of Rodgers, what can they truly get for him, Grant? Ooh, ooh, fun. Uh, I think you can get a first-round pick. I, I don't know. We talk ourselves in circles all the time, and I think I brought this up maybe two weeks ago, somewhat recently, Fred. We're sports fans, we love to think we're so smart. Well, you, you're not going to be able to trade that player. No one's going to want Russell Westbrook got traded. Carson Wentz got traded. You can trade all these players. Well, you're not going to get much. Oh, yeah, Carson Wentz fetched plenty, right? So I'm not saying they're going to get three first-rounders and players, but I I think it's nuts if you don't think they can get a first-round pick or or at least a couple of, you know, equivalent picks. Maybe they get a bunch of twos or a two, three, four, and then a second the next year. You're going to get something nice. It's not going to be the Russell Wilson trade, but it's something nice. Yes, yes, totally agree with that. And just one quick question. Yes, do the Bucks play for the number one seed in the East, or do they kind of take their foot off the throttle and just hold on to second place and make sure they just keep everybody healthy? I think they will. And, Fred, i got to take a break, so I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you. Yep. Thank you, FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. I think the Bucks will gun for the one seed within the parameters that Coach Bud will set. Chris Middleton's not playing tonight. He hasn't played a back-to-back this year. I don't know why that would start soon if it hasn't already. I think they're obviously going to be very careful about injuries. They want everyone healthy. But there's also a couple of really good teams. I think in two or three weeks, we're all going to be a little bit more intimidated by Cleveland. The Knicks are a very nice team. They're not elite, but they're a very nice team. It's not just home court advantage in a series. It's not just getting the game seven at home. It's a path to the conference finals that doesn't include all of the other good teams in the East. You want to be able to avoid one of Philly, 
or Cleveland, right? Or the Knicks. Who knows where the Knicks end up? We'll have to see where the standings fall. You don't want to have to go through a murderer's row just to get to the conference finals. Bucks had to do that a little bit last year. They had to go Celtics in the second round, right? If they can avoid playing multiple elite teams before the conference finals, that's my concern with the number one seed. I think they'll gun for it within the parameters that Coach Bud will set, and, and there will be parameters, especially with players like Middleton, and, you know, Giannis, if he's banged up at all, Drew Holiday, Brooke, obviously the important guys. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking Bucks in a couple of minutes. I want to talk Packers for just a few more minutes. Something specific that I heard on his podcast with Aubrey Marcus earlier today, and I'm like, interesting. Found it interesting. So I want to talk about it before we get into the Bucks and do some different things. 608-796-2558. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, I saw The Godfather a few years ago. Well... I mean, what do you mean a few? It's been out for a while. It says, I read The Godfather in the 70s when I was in high school. Great, great book. Interesting. Well, maybe I'll have to do both. Uh, here's a text. It says, who are you seeing in the Sylvie in April? Goose or cheese? Goose. I don't have anything against cheese. They did a show with Billy Strings. Okay, one thing I have against cheese. They did a show with Billy Strings one time, and I despise. I thought it sounded so bad. Billy was playing in electric, so maybe that was Why? And I'm a mayor, stand. I'm biased. It's fine. Yeah, we'll be there for Goose. I'm amped. I, I was looking around the venue last night. I was like, okay, I cannot wait to come back here uh, and go even harder because I think, I think the Goose show's on a Thursday. So I'll work on Friday. I'm not taking the Friday. I'm not taking either one of the days off. It's just coming back the next day from a concert for a Friday versus a way a little different. I can coast on a Friday. I would never, not on this show. I never coast on this show. I give my all every day, 110%, 100%, 100%. What you're getting now is peak effort and it's not impacted at all by my misgivings last night in the city of Madison. But I'm excited to go back. I've never seen cheese. I just watched videos and I just hated that. They played Eyes of the World one time and I, it was just, I, it offended me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be dramatic. That's how much I didn't like it. But that's all I really know about String Cheese Incident, other than just some clips that I've seen. Let's talk to Q. He's in Milwaukee, 608-796-2558. What's up, Q? It sounds like I called a little early because you're so good at the NBA coverage with the Bucks. I oh. should have waited a couple minutes. No, no, no. Let's do Bucks. Let's do it now. Screw it. We can end with the Packers. No, no, no. I, I, was, calling, I was calling about Aaron Rodgers. Oh. I, I don't I, – I really enjoyed two callers ago – where he kind of ran through all of Roger's career and then at the end said, but none of it was his fault when we lost. Yeah. Like, he's been he's been the highest-paid player and the leader of the team for the better part of two decades, and everyone has every excuse in the book for him. I, I don't understand it at all. Like, he, he chose to sign those contracts, especially this last one. Like, when he's... He's like fading out and he's not going to live up to that contract, deciding to 
have us spend $60 million on him this year and what could be his last or second to last season, he did it to himself. Like, the team's not going to be good this year. Even if he can restructure, it's not going to be material. And, like, I'm at the point now, I I don't know if you've had a loved one that suffered from Alzheimer's, but, like, that last 10 years of their – 10 years of their life, they're not quite what they were. And it almost makes you forget about who they used to be. That's where I'm at with Rodgers. These last five years, even the two MVP years, he didn't get us over the hump. It's It's been way too much talk, way too much extracurricular stuff that you need to get us at least back to the Super Bowl to back up all this nonsense that he's been doing off the field. So, I, I, I mean, I, I respect the guy. I'm glad he was a Packer, but I am just I – yeah. I would be so excited if he retired or was traded. I just don't want him on my team anymore. That's where I'm at. No, and that's, and that's fair. I um, It's just the, that Alzheimer's thing caught me off guard. Uh, um, the, so, you said that people will say that the losses weren't his fault, right? Like, people will go back – Look at 2014 and talked about, you know, the two-point conversion, the onside kick, right? Absolutely true. Uh, against the Niners and the Falcons, the NFC Championship games that really kind of got away from them. Against the Bucks, You could make a case that certainly it wasn't Rodgers' fault 100%. Um, but something that I heard, I don't remember who said this, but I've, I've remembered it ever since. When you are, as you said, Q, the number one guy, a highly paid guy, it's not enough to not be the reason your team loses. You're expected to re- be the reason your team wins, right? Like when I watched Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, he took a couple of opportunities. The, the Eagles scored 35 points, right? But he got a couple of breaks from his defense and he made the most of them. You have to be the reason your team wins. It's not enough when you make that much money to be the reason that your team doesn't lose. And I think that's where Rodgers has found himself. It's not his fault, but he hasn't done enough. Well, and it's not just that he's the highest-paid team. He's also the cockiest quarterback this league has ever seen. And he's hanging his hat on regular season statistics and, like, meaningless MVPs and one Super Bowl that, like, like he had something to do with, but he wasn't the entire reason. He just had, the like, a really good team. Like he I don't know. He was unbelievable. That was one of the best Super Bowls ever played. It was one of the best Super Bowls ever played against the Steelers. He was unbelievable. His wide receivers had a bunch of drops, too, which made it worse. He was crazy good against the Falcons. And he was better than people remember in the NFC title game against the Bears if you go back and watch. So, I look, we can go back and you know say that he hasn't lived up to his billing or his contract here and there. But he's a made man in 2010. I don't think you can go back and relitigate that playoff run. That's, that's where I got to stop you, Q. Where, where I would say is with the offensive weapons that he had, there was probably 10 other quarterbacks in the league that could have won that Super Bowl. And if you look back at the receivers, he, like, there was, all, there was four number ones he was throwing to. Yeah. They weren't number ones at the time, but they turned into it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to – no, I'm not denying that the 2010 Packers weren't any good. And, Q, I got I to gotta get one more Packers thing and then take a break, so I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. Sorry I'm all fired up. No, I just, you're, you're good. Yeah. This, you're good. I'm ready for him to go. No, no, <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah, have a good one, Q. Um, no, nothing you said was wrong. I mean, the Alzheimer's thing was, was a little out of pocket, but, I mean, yeah, we're just going to move past that. I'm fine saying 
that that the Packers have been to blame a lot. I think all Packers fans agree with that. Right? I think there's this middle ground to find when looking back at the last 10 years of Packers football. You have to find that middle ground of saying the Packers failed here and here and here, and Aaron Rodgers failed here, here, and here. And I, I don't think you can blame Aaron Rodgers like for Brandon Bostick and for Aaron Jones fumbling on the five against the Bucks and Kevin King. And like a lot of it's not Aaron's fault. But when you're that guy, right, it's not enough to not be the guy that messes it up. You have to be the, the reason your team wins, not just the reason that your team doesn't lose. Right. I think that's important. Let's take a break. Let's take a break really quick. I, I need to reset. Let's take a break. I have one Packers thing and then we'll do Bucks the rest of the show. Wisco Sports Show back in five. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. did it, but you have awakened just about every listener that texts and calls this show. This is this is some controversy. I got like 10 texts, and they're all either very strongly agreeing or disagreeing with what you just said. I'm going to read a couple of these. This one just says, hell yeah, great call. Vagabond John says, David way off, Q spot on. Interesting, Vagabond John. So Vagabond John's with Q. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, if the 2010 Packers had 16 men on IR, and they lost two of their best players in the Super Bowl. Aaron was awesome, and so was Holmgren. McCarthy, but I get what you're saying. This call says, I don't think I'd heard a worse Packer take than the last caller. He played statistically the best Super Bowl ever played. Don't know if this is the text line. It is. Well done. You found us. See, Q has moved people so much that they're like, I think this is the number. I've never called or texted in before, but this is ridiculous. So when it says... If the Packers trade Rodgers, what are people going to say when they turn around and take a quarterback or two in the first round of this year's draft? Matt from Chippewa. Thanks, Matt. Um, well, then that means they don't think Jordan Love is very good. Because the only reason they would do that is if they severely doubt how good Jordan Love is. And if they do that, then it would make sense. I would just prefer to see a year of Jordan Love and then make a decision. There's better quarterbacks next year anyways, we think. This one says, this caller just hates Rodgers. We get it. Top three villains of all time, Hitler, Bin Laden, and Rodgers. Yeah, if I had a gun and I was in a room with Hitler, Bin Laden, and Rodgers, I had a gun with three bullets, I'd shoot Aaron Rodgers three times. That's what Q said, not me. Paraphrased. Joe in St. Paul says, Packers Packers fans should be kissing Aaron Rodgers' booty. Imagine being a Vikings fan through the 2010s. Christian Ponder, Tavares Jackson, rest in peace. Joe Webb. Teddy Bridgewater, etc. We should kiss his ass and shake his hand after he leaves. No one will play 18 seasons for a team again. Joe, I think it's a great take. Before we get to Vagabond John, who's called in, look, I don't endorse or deny anything that Q said. Q anon, Q Aran. I don't endorse or deny anything that Q said. He views the Packers through a lens where Rodgers makes all this money. He should be expected to do this, that, and the other thing. In a perfect world, I agree. It's not a perfect world, so it's a little bit more complicated than that. The only part of that call that I will discard just offhand is the Alzheimer's thing. It's just a bad cop. I know what he was going for, but don't say that, man. That, that ain't that ain't right. Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. What's up, John? So the interesting part about that call is that I heard the first bit of it, 
mm-hmm. went inside, got my Jimmy John's sandwich, and then got back in the car for the last bit of it. And then hearing the recap that you kind of just did, I'm realizing that I might have missed some important details that uh, influenced my opinion well, of the call. I, I Shout out Jimmy John's, though. That's fast service, right? Yeah. Q from an X's and O's, like a pound for pound nuts and bolts. Like, you would probably agree with a lot of this. what he said. It's, it's, I think it's personal with Q a little bit. And that might impact his takes. And he also, did you hear the Alzheimer's thing? I did not. He's like, with Rogers, it's like when one of your loved one gets Alzheimer's and it gets so bad that it makes you forget about how great they used to be. And I'm like, "Ah, I know what you're saying, but no, let's not go there. And I almost wish I would have brought it up again, but I feel like I needed to fill you in. Well, here we are, right? And uh, there's other things that I would use besides Alzheimer's because we don't need to dwell on that. But, you know... I didn't think that, you know, on March 1st, I'd be this excited to talk about uh, Rodgers. But these guys brought up some good points. Um, here's my thing. Is Rodgers going to be remembered as a top 10 quarterback if he retires this year? Yeah. And right now, I think my answer is no, because as history moves on, we're going to see talented quarterbacks. Okay, well, what, in um, 10 or 20 years he's not top 10 of all time? Okay, sure, but right now, yeah, he's absolutely top 10 of all time for retires today. Are you he? putting him above Eli Manning? Yes. Because Eli Manning won a Super Bowl with the 25th ranked defense and Victor Cruz as his number one receiver. I have eyes all I've heard, better than Eli Manning. Well, that's what everybody wants to say, right? But, I mean, that's what... When I'm watching, I watched the four-letter network this morning for nice. the first time in a long time because I had a gap. And it starts with ES and ends with PN. Yeah. Um, and the guys on there were kind of going over his comments from, from the podcast yesterday. And they all kind of had that aha moment where they were looking at the transcript. And they were just like, look at how many of Aaron Rodgers' statements and sentences on the podcast start with I. Oh, and it man, was like kind of mind-blowing because they had... I mean, they had the pod, they had the the transcript listed there, like the big paragraph, and they're like, "We've never had a quarterback." So, I mean, is he the most individually talented? Sure, but Eli Manning's got two rings, and he did it with a couple times, you know, beating Aaron Rodgers, obviously, uh, with an inferior defense and an inferior offense around him. So, the results, and and I thought Aaron Rodgers himself comments where he's, you know, saying, "I went out and." threw 28 touchdowns and only four interceptions. But it was a part of the system, and I felt like I could have done more. I thought that was really interesting because a part of the knock is maybe he's just too safe of a quarterback. And that's why I think when he's compared against the guys from his era, Roethlisberger, Manning, uh, I I think he's top five in that aspect. But I'm going to have a hard time putting him in top five Other than Brady and Mahomes, who is a better quarterback than Rodgers. Peyton Manning, maybe. Although the, the MVPs yeah, are very similar, but not equal. Manning. And Peyton Manning won a second Super Bowl. This is the thing. What, how much credit do we give him for that Super Bowl? Well, how much credit are we giving Rodgers for 2010? A lot. Well, am, I, am, I, is this, am I being punked? I watched those playoff games. He was unbelievable on that run. Peyton Manning was a liability. Yeah. I still, I mean, I still have the opinion that if Jay Cutler doesn't get hurt, 
Aaron Rodgers has zero rings, but that's then we're going way back in the past. And, and I've been told that if David Bakhtiari doesn't get hurt, then the Packers have ten rings somehow. Like they would have won every Super Bowl every year if he had just been healthy. Like we could play that game. Rodgers was brilliant in, in multiple games in that playoff run. Peyton Manning could barely throw. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, it it is what it is. Uh, Drew Brees way better than Brees. I think has an argument. Rodgers is way but, better. Than I just feel like the production from Breeze, you know, 50 touchdowns, 40 touchdowns. I don't know. Okay, I, great. Play, play, in a dome, play in a dome with Sean Payton and great wide receivers every year for, for 15, 16 years. Sure. Okay. Nice. You he, good quality. He had great, stats. Aaron Rodgers had great receivers for what? Every year except for the, the last one, this past one, right? He went from Greg Jennings to Jordy Nelson to... Uh, Devontae Adams. I feel like, like we, it's not 2015, 2016 happened. I don't know that those were exactly elite years. But well, yeah, was but that end of Jordy was was that when Jordy was hurt? So in fifteen, he had Jared Aberderis and the other guy, Jeff Janis. Twenty sixteen, I don't even twenty sixteen's blocked out of my mind. He they had Ty Montgomery as a running back and Randall Cobb. I guess Jordy was back, but he wasn't the same. Twenty eighteen, their offense was unbelievable. It was so bad that year they didn't have really anyone scary on offense. Mike McCarthy was bad, like. We act like there are never any down years with Rodgers supporting cast. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm, overall, on average, did he have more years with a great receiver or fewer years with a great receiver? Sure, he had, he had more. He had more, but don't act like he, he never had years where he had to do a lot more and had to do it by himself. And then, you know, to Dave's point, when he called in, oh, it's not Rodgers' fault. Well, can we give him credit for winning then? You know, if we can't give him credit for, if we can't blame for losing, right? If we can't blame him for only scoring ten points against San Fran, uh, against you know at home in the playoffs, blame him for that though. Well, who are you arguing okay. against here? We we do blame. I'd say that Rodgers gets a fair Grant, share of blame. That's why he does. This is what Rodgers has done to the Packers community. We are going to argue about this for the entire offseason, and I'm excited for it because I like unpacking details and digging up that like, holy crap, Eli Manning won a Super Bowl with a 25th-ranked defense and Victor Cruz as his best receiver. That's awesome for that guy, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers was never able to do that. Clearly, there's, we've made all these excuses. Aaron Rodgers will be remembered as a quarterback who clearly needed help on defense and offense. He could not carry a team. Is that fair or is that unfair? Okay, do people say that because about Peyton Manning? Do we say that about Peyton Manning? Like, oh, Peyton Manning with all these MVPs, and he, he did win two rings, but he had a lot of help. Of course he had a lot of help. Every quarterback that wins a ring has help in one way or another. Like, Mahomes was unbelievable. He still had Andy Reid and a really good offensive line and Travis Kelsey. Like, of course, there's never been a bad team to win a championship just because one player was so great. They willed it to happen. Yeah, I just feel like the, the specific excuses. You know, this year's a good example. Patrick Mahomes lost his best receiver. They brought in. Uh, you know, a guy that the Packers discarded who then went off in the playoffs mm-hmm. and they had the 16th ranked defense. So it's like, oh, what is it? The Packers had a 17th ranked defense. Got it. So I don't know, man. It's just, I'm, I'm we want to make Mahomes. all these excuses. I'm with you on Mahomes. He did a ton in that Super Bowl with less. Totally. A hundred percent. But I, but I'm not arguing Mahomes here. You're trying to tell me that Drew Brees is better than Rodgers and, and Eli Manning. Well, and I'm just wondering. There. I'm wondering in 10 years what, what will be the memory. I'm not In this moment, it's tough to make that argument. But in 10 years, when people are sure. comparing Super Bowl rings and Hall of Fame resumes, we'll have to look. Okay. He's better but, than Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. We agree on that before I let you go? <laughs> Come on. We'll see. Russell might have 10 more years. 
Okay. Yeah. He he. But will, before he you let me go, a, he never did it with a great team either, and he barely did anything in that Super Bowl. Before you let me go, yeah. Uh, if you are trying to get a ticket for tomorrow at the Kohl Center, uh, it's too late. Uh, <laughs> the, it's a hundred dollars to get in the door. So unless you want to shell out the big bucks, uh, don't even waste your time. Just find a the sports bar. But how exciting! We got ourselves all of a sudden. It's March first, and we got an opportunity to have a meaningful Badger basketball game. So I think as uh, Badger fans, no matter what happened this year, the ups and the downs. We have a meaningful game in March, and uh, our friends across the Mississippi cannot say the same. So, Yeah, this is true. Now our friends across the state, Marquette, can maybe. I mean, they've been beaten up on cupcakes from the Big East, but we don't need to, we don't need to get into that. If you're going tonight have a, or tomorrow night, have a good time, Vagabond John. Yes, sir, we will do. And we'll get you to a Ron Supper Club show that, so you can review our concert. Hell yeah, I want a Ron Supper Club review, and I also love that band name. I appreciate the call. i, I got to take a break, Vagabond John. Um... Vagabond John's a great caller. He has a lot of stock. I, I disagree with a lot. How how did this happen? How am I the Aaron Rodgers defender in this community? What happened the last two years? How did we get to this point? This is ridiculous. Like, okay, Mahomes is better than Rodgers. Yeah, he might be. Very recent evidence would tell me that he is. But Breeze? Get, get out of here. He went 79 three years in a row. Aaron Rodgers never did that. Playing in a dome. Of course, he's going to stack up stats. Of course, he's going to have the longevity stats. He's playing with Sean Payton, great, great, great wide receivers in a dome. Of course, he's going to have that. Eli Manning, this, this fan base. And Vagabond John, I, I, I respect the hell out of you. You know this because you call the show a lot. You provide us with a lot of good takes and good conversation. I just, I don't think it was your best call. Q, I disagree with most of the stuff you said. I get where your guys' frustration is. I do, but we're going nuts. Three minutes. We'll wrap up the show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, I kind of feel like I'm being punked today. Really know what's gotten into our callers? One of our best, uh, one of our Mount Rushmore callers, Vagabond John. What, what? What is this? I get you guys are a little annoyed with Aaron Rodgers. I get it. We're all frustrated with all of the recent playoff losses. This stuff piles up. The frustration builds. But now I got people calling me and comparing Aaron Rodgers to terminal illness and family members. And, and Vagabond John's trying to tell me that Eli Manning is a better player. What has gotten into all of you today? I'm not one to argue with callers like you can call in and say your piece and I'm going to let I'm going to hear you out. I talk to David Minona all the time, but I tell you what, David Minona's worst take ever is that LeBron wouldn't be a top 10 player in whatever era. I feel like mostly that's him trying to be funny. I don't think I've ever heard David Minona bring worse Packers takes than I've heard today. It's not personal. It's not personal. I, I get it. I just I don't know how we went from, hey, this Rogers guy is kind of wearing me out. To, you know, Eli Manning and Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are way better, and Rodgers isn't a top 10 quarterback of all time. What happened? I got a couple of texts here. This one says, Vagabond John is a hater, man. Is he a Vikings fan? Blasphemy. I, no, he's not a hater. He's not, no. I, I don't know where this came from with Vagabond John. He says, well, this is a different text. He says, well, maybe I missed too many shows, but way to stand your ground. I, I, like, I'm not trying to fight people here today. I just like some things are being said that I, I can't endorse. I, I can't agree with, but I can't, I can't let them 
out into the universe without me like attaching my voice and being like, no, this is wrong. Because people are going to listen back to the podcast. It's like, is Grant on board with this? No, I'm not. Some bad takes. Jeez. You know, Ebo says all the time, all the time, he's like, Rogers has broken people's brains. And for the most part, I think that's just Ebo being Ebo. But today I'm like, no, I think Aaron Rodgers actually has broken some of your brains. Some bad takes today. That being said, thank you for the call. I love talking through this stuff with you guys, but I think we're going a little nuts here. I wish I had time to take a couple more calls because I think people are going nuts. And the phone's ringing off the hook. Sorry, we, we got to wrap the show up. We're done here in a couple minutes. We'll do bucks tomorrow. You don't get bucks. Bucks talk is a reward for good, correct Packers talk. And we didn't have any today, which is why we need to push the bucks talk till tomorrow. NBA Lounge, talk bucks magic, preview the Badgers. Go take a nap. Go drink some water. Y'all need it.